the Jericho Network on Westwood One. Welcome to One on One with Miss LaFon. Joining me this week, Epica singer Simone Simons. We talk about their new album, The Holographic Principle, her personal fashion and style website, Smoon Style, Motherhood, the upcoming tour, and a lot more. Please, before checking that out, check me out on Twitter at Mitch LaFon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, paypal.me forward slash Mitch LaFon, and on Facebook, one-on-one Mitch LaFon. And with that, here is the one, the only, Simone Simons from the band Epica. Hello, this is Simone from Epica, and you're listening to One-on-One with Mitch LaFon. Rock on. We are speaking with Simone Simons of the band Epica. The new album is Holographic Principle. A great, great pleasure to speak to you. Nice talking to you, too. Yes. So um, let, let's talk about the new album. You know, um, after the last album, the um, Quantum Enigma, it set the bar very, very high. Going into this one, what was sort of the writing process or the band's state of mind? Um, to at least, you know, have the same level of quality that we had with the Quantum Enigma. The writing process was quite similar. All of the five guys were writing songs, and we had this huge list of 27 songs to choose from. And uh, from there, we picked 18 songs that we in the end recorded. Uh, all songs have been, uh, how do you say, developing under the guardianship of Jos van den Broek, our producer. And we recorded the CD in the same studio as the Quantum Enigma. And uh, we had it mastered by Jacob Hansen as well. So we kind of kept the same team. Uh, the writing uh, process happened all over the world, not at our, only in our home studios, but also in the airplanes and the back lounges of the tour buses. And we have our mobile home studio always with us. So whenever we have inspiration, we have the possibility to quickly record it. Yeah, so so talk to me about that process because I, I know bands work sort of there. There's sort of a two train of thoughts: those that get off the road, lock themselves in a room, and that's how they make the album. And then there's bands like yourselves that write on the road. Are there any challenges when you're doing it that way? I, I don't. I I think it's more like uh, a a pro because you can, you know, you you don't have to. Uh, confine yourself to or limit yourself to certain hours during a day whenever inspiration hits you you can quickly record it and of course when you're on the road sometimes you just have to sing the melody and then when you have all your tools you can record a demo track properly but I've seen Mark uh, working on songs you know in the airplane and um, myself I've been writing lyrics and backstages as well you know, whenever you feel inspired or whenever you have time, no matter where you are, you can just sit down and uh, see if something nice comes out. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I've had a chance to watch the holographic documentaries that the band has posted on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I see how the band really meticulously, meticulously constructs uh, the songs with the different parts. How conscious are you of the live performance when making the songs? I believe with you know the quantum enigma and now with the holographic principle, we wrote the songs um, separately in our home studios, and then the, the guys came together to play the songs together to see how they would feel. And uh, 
the past records, we've done it differently, the writing process, because we live far apart. And we, we just record uh, demo tracks on our home studios. And then we would directly record it in the studio without actually having played them as a band together. I live in the south of Germany. Mark lives in uh, Sicily. Isaac in Belgium, the other three guys scattered over the Netherlands. So it's not like we can get together and jam. That's something we haven't done uh, until after our anniversary show retrospect, where we thought we have to switch things up. You know, we want to kind of uh, reinvent ourselves. And it might sound totally normal to a lot of bands that might do it like this. But for us, it takes a lot of planning, scheduling to, to make it happen because we're already touring so much. And uh, with the Quantum Enigma, I was pregnant, so we we couldn't tour anymore. I was just too big. <laughs> and that gave us the time to really get into detail and play the songs. Uh, the rhythm section of the guys would play the songs and make them, turn them really more into live songs, not just studio songs, if that makes sense. Well, well it does. But also, like I was saying, I see a lot of moving parts. I see that, you know, the drums were recorded very, you know, singularly, and everything was done very meticulously in, in separate parts. Um, is there a consciousness about how it's going to sound live, or is it like, no, we'll just make it as epic as possible, and we'll worry about the live show later? Well, we know that it's impossible for us to take the orchestra and choir with us, so right. that's anyway always backtrack. So there you have limitless options. Okay. And whenever we have a special show planned, like retrospect, um, then we we make it happen because all these instruments that you hear on the CD, ninety five percent I think are all real instruments. So we know it's not impossible to play live because we had real humans record them for us. Yeah, so now you mentioned the pregnancy. Let, let me talk about motherhood for a little bit. Um, you know, when, when I had my two kids, it changed everything. It changed the rules. It changed how much I was out on the road and what I was doing. How has it impacted you in terms of being a musician and also just being a person? Do, do you just want to be home more or what has it done for you? Um, changed a lot, like you said. Um, we have to plan everything more carefully so that we are also home in between the tours that the tours don't last that long like we've had in the past. Me and Kun are both parents, so you know we have little children and you want to see them grow up. So you have to find that balance and it can be a struggle. And I, I will always uh, miss... Um, my son, but if I know he's in good hands, my husband or our, um, my mother-in-law, then I know, you know, he's safe, he's doing well, and then I can really do my job. But if I know he's sick, it's, it has happened that I had to go home sooner. Luckily, I didn't have to cancel shows yet, but whenever he's uh, sick, I prefer to be home with him. So I had to skip some press days to... Uh, to be home and that the band is very understanding and yeah i guess for them it's hard to put themselves in my position being a mother going away for a job it's still in these modern times it's still weird for a lot of people that the the mother is also um the provider you know together with the dad and these times both parents need to work to make ends meet 
and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a struggle, but so far things went really well, and Epic is doing so well that I I really I don't want to miss both. You know, I don't want to miss having my family, but I also still love being a musician and traveling the world. Yeah, and it does change. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. It changed the motivation. You know, when you're younger, it's it's work, 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 career, 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 and then after mm-hmm. that, that that sort of seems unimportant but at the same time you've got a band where you're responsible for these you know everybody including the the tech guys and the roadies and all that um has it changed your motivation or has it made you want to work even harder to make the band successful it's it's a combination i i think you know my family comes first epica comes second uh but it's uh intertwined you know you want to provide for your family, therefore you have to work, but you also don't want to be away too much from your family. But uh, as far as all the other stuff, for example, my my website, uh, the blog that I have, has come, you know, third place or even less because I also really want to keep the house clean and organized and I like to cook and bake. I find nutrition really important, so I spend a lot of time in that. And uh, then there's very little time left to do the other things that I like. So in the past, I would stay up late to still work on the website. And now I kind of choose to just spend more time with my my family. And yes. uh, whenever I'm traveling with Epica, I have more free time to work than on the website. And when I'm home, I'm basically like a housewife, mother, <laughs> who does the dishes and goes grocery shopping. It's all very normal. And right. I enjoy family life and I enjoy being a singer. Yeah, so it's it's so very rock and roll. Now, I did want to talk about Smoon style, but you you mentioned the word inspiration. And one of the inspirations that I know from your career was the Nightwish album Oceanborn that sort of changed everything for you. What was that what was the, what was so special about that album that it just sort of changed where you wanted to go with your with your life? Uh, well, I, I always loved to, to sing. And, uh, when I had, when I heard Angels Fall First and Oceanborn, I just loved the combination of the metal with a female voice. And I, um, I loved listening to metal bands, but that was a little bit more my introduction to the scene, you know, with the beautiful angelic voices. And that kind of, that was the incentive for me to get classical singing lessons because I've had singing lessons before, but that was more in the pop uh, music direction and sung in a choir. But then the, the classical singing kind of took over and uh, it still holds a special place in my heart. And the, the CD Oceanborn, fun fact is that the cover that they did of the movie The Snowman Walking in the Air is one of my childhood favorite movies. So that kind of connected directly with the nostalgia in me. <laughs> And um, yeah, I think Tarja has a phenomenal voice on on that CD. It's it's still it's a classic. Yeah, it really is. Now, now you mentioned uh, movies and stuff. The band had done a, a score for, uh, in fact, the, the movie called "The Score: An Epic Journey." Uh, what was it like working in that uh, constrained environment? Because you didn't get to sing a lot on that album. How was that putting it together? I honestly have to dig really deep because I don't think I, I sang at all on that record, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe just two parts or so. Yeah, I don't, there, was actually, a, 
There was a part here and there, but very, very limited. But how was that for you to see the band go ahead and make this this production and you're sort of sitting on the sidelines? I didn't get to be very much involved with that. That was mainly just Mark and and Kuhn and and Eve, I believe, that were uh, writing the music for that and... It's such a long time ago. I don't recall that much. Must be all the headbanging that I've done <laughs> <laughs> since then. But is that something that that you would like to see the band do more of? Because you know, with the symphonic metal, it really does lend itself to being a soundtrack to a movie. Is that something the band has has talked about, or is there an interest on your behalf to to want to do more in in cinematic? I would love to actually be. A guest vocalist on a, a Disney movie or just an epic blockbuster. I, I loved what Hans Zimmer did with uh, Lisa Gerard for Gladiator, something like that. I really loved the atmospherical, uh, melancholic vocals. So um, and and Disney movies. Uh, when I was little, I loved Ariel. Uh, uh, I don't know Aladdin. That's how you pronounce the name. Yeah, Aladdin. <laughs> we say we say Aladdin, so it's funny. Yeah. And uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, stuff like that. I think my voice would be suit for, suited for that really, really well. But um, I'm still waiting for Hans to give me a call. <laughs> yeah. Well, but by the way, I I would agree. I I really could see your 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 voice in a a Disney epic. I mean, I think that would actually be a perfect match. Now, you mentioned Smoon style before. Um, talk to me a little bit about that blog and the the idea behind it, because you know when you look at metal bands, it's always supposed to be dark and dirty and and metal, and and here you are doing a fashion thing that one would associate more with like a Gwen Stefani, and and I think you do it very well. In fact, my daughter's checked out your site and she loves it. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so 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 talk to me about doing that, and and were you was there any backlash from fans going, oh my god, what is she doing makeup site all? Oh, or not at all. Uh, no, I, I'm the first metal singer to actually have a, a blog like that, so that's kind of unique, I think. And uh, I've managed to kind of turn it into a kind of second profession besides Epica. But I can combine it really well because I love photography. I'm traveling with Epica. I'm doing my own hair and makeup. I'm working together with designers. I shop for clothing. Uh, I love to cook and bake and share. You know all, all those things with the fans so the the majority mainly the all the women they love it and the guys say like yeah I'd, I'd like to see more tour diaries because they're not so much interested into the lipsticks and stuff but yeah I think it's a it's, it's kind of a great diversity that I offer on the website oh, oh I agree is that something though that you would like to, to to further in terms of career where you would have your own line of clothes and your own line of lipstick do you is that even possible being in a metal band to have those two worlds exist? I think so because if you look at the I think she's American Cat Bondi, she's a tattoo artist. She's into uh, alternative music and she has her own makeup line that's really successful. So I, I do think there's a there's a possibility and uh, there could be a, a market for it. But I don't have any concrete plans for that yet but i i do really i love cosmetics i always have and i think it's a great way to kind of express your creativity i don't don't necessarily see something as you know something to hide i see it as an art form and uh it's it's just fun to play with and um i, I always loved it when i was little i was waiting for 
that yearly festivities that we have in the Netherlands called Carnival. I was waiting from for, to grab those crayons and paint myself. So, uh, and with Epica, I can also wear crazy makeup without being crazy. Of course, I won't walk around in my hometown wearing blue lipstick, but for Epica, I can do that, and I like that. Really can. Uh, in, in terms of working outside the band, do you have any desires to do albums or solo albums, I should say, outside of the band? Or is Epica really the main focus? Epica is, is my main focus. I have so very so little time besides Epica. And uh, if if I weren't if I wouldn't be um, a mother, I guess I would have more more time besides Epica. But my priority has my my son so and i think my voice will still last for many decades so i don't know whenever things don't work out with epica anymore i I could see that i would have more time to work on the solo record whatever musical style that would be but for now i just enjoy doing guest uh, appearances uh at you know other metal bands and or i already have to be very selective with that to to limited time now now you mentioned that your your voice is going to last decades and decades which of course it should do you do anything special to to ensure that are, are there vocal warm-ups or vocal exercises uh, do you sing in a in, in a limited way to not cause damage or is it just eh? uh well i i basically listen to what state my body is like if i'm really really tired then i already know i have to sing in a kind of economically way you know to save save my voice but uh healthy lifestyle i sleep a lot i eat healthy with a side of chocolate i can't uh i cannot say no to chocolate i have a sweet tooth but yeah everything in moderation i don't drink much i don't smoke i don't party uh yeah i don't i don't go to places where i have to yell at people so i do really uh handle my voice with care and I know the tricks like if if you are in a loud place you want to speak to people go close to their ear and speak in a low voice and don't shout and all that stuff and uh, yeah sports I, I work out whenever I can so that's a little bit how I stay in shape and maintain my uh, overall health and also the uh, yeah the dexterity of my voice yeah yeah and, and it's doing great now uh, the tour is coming to north america shortly what can fans expect on this leg of the tour yeah we're going to be touring with flash god apocalypse very exciting and uh we are going to lift uh our how do you say the standard of our show the quality uh, the production you're going to gonna a higher up your level. game as they say yeah we're going to try to up our game and uh, yeah, we're going to play a really nice collection of songs from all the records. It's not just going to be the holographic principle. We'll be playing the, the golden oldies as well. And just overall great energy, great light show, great, um, great live performance. Would you like to at some point do either the quantum enigma or the holographic principle or any of your albums? as full album shows with full presentation with actors and you know the whole thing i really love uh to play cities uh from beginning to the end but the thing is that sometimes some songs are not the 
like they are we have written all the songs to be live songs but they are not always uh, received excuse me for a long day it's a, it's a little later uh, over there than it is here so yeah, yeah. Uh, so some songs might not be uh, perceived by the fans as you know or seen as great live songs or that they are not going to be most popular right. so we always end up playing the songs that the fans like the most and that we feel fit in the set list the best but um yeah another thing is that we have a huge discography now and we we don't know all songs by heart so it would be quite the uh, task for us to memorize all the songs as well <laughs> It gets, it gets complicated. Now, I, I know we have 20 minutes, and, and I, I know that you've had a long day. I'll finish on this. Um, in terms of parenthood and, and being a mother and, and family, where do you see yourselves in terms of the family size? Because I know, again, for myself, we have two kids, and we sort of thought that was the perfect number. Are, are you planning on having a second child and a third child, or is one sort of where you're happy? Uh, for now, one one is is great, right? Especially with all the touring, it's easier right. to uh, organize. Right. And uh, I'm 31 now, so I kind of set the limit for me around 37, 38. Right. So I can still enjoy my son. I, I loved watching him grow up, and I really enjoyed it. And I want him to be more independent when the second child arrives. And who knows what's happening with Epica then? Um, uh, we're not planning, but we we are uh, saying maybe to a second child, but a third child that would only be if I would be pregnant with twins. I think. Right. You ne- right. never say no, but I I find it uh, how do you say more difficult to combine the job yeah. and a child. And now we have our safety net, which is my mother-in-law. If she were not there then it would be kind of impossible. So for now, everything is fine, and we're, we're making it work. You're making it work, yeah. And yeah, just from my own experience, I think two was the perfect number. They, they, they play with each other and babysit each other, and it's made life a lot simpler. So there you how, go. How, how old are they? Uh, Jada just turned 13, and Ryan just turned 10. But that three-year gap made a big difference because when she was five, six, seven, she could take over for those 10, 20, 30 minutes where – you know, you had to make supper or life was just, there was too many things going on. And, and so it, it, it helped, made a big, big uh-huh. difference. So there you uh-huh. go. Uh, <laughs> a great pleasure speaking with you. And, nice um, talking to you too. And uh, look forward to seeing you in Montreal in November. Thank you. Yeah, come say hi. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. And there you have it, folks, my interview with Simone Simons from the band Epica. The new album is The Holographic Principle, and do check out her website, Smoon Style, for all your latest fashion tips. And with that, I say bye for now. But first, please check me out on Twitter, at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, Facebook, one-on-one, Mitch Lafon, paypal.me, forward slash Mitch Lafon, should you care to support the podcast. Oh, my.